This company's never been more profitable. You mean hugely profitable? I like it. Dayporter.com presents The Profitable Cleaner, a podcast on commercial cleaning sales and entrepreneurship. The one podcast that's not afraid to discuss real sales strategies with real cleaning professionals that produce real profits and real results. All right, Daryl, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. And everyone listening, welcome back to the Profitable Cleaner podcast. I'm super excited for today's guest, not only because of the value that Daryl is going to deliver here today, he's also one of our guest speakers at the Cleaning Profits Mastermind in Denver here in November. So this is like a double whammy for us. And the reason he's a speaker is because of the expertise and the value he has. So Daryl, brother, thank you for joining us today, man, for simple introductions. Let's start off with this. Tell people who you are. Give us a little bit of background and tell us how you how you came to be to where you're at now. Meaning like how did you become uh, Daryl Anderson to being the co-founder of the Profit Growth Initiative? Oh, well, I mean, long journey, as they all are. Uh, let's see. I started off studying marketing, obviously, and uh, in college, marketing international business. Went to work for corporations, kind of cut my teeth on that in the corporate world. And after a few years, I uh, decided to take a little bit of a sabbatical. And at that point, my father, who I think you've had on the podcast, actually, I know you have, I should say, thank yeah. you. Um, he had a very uh, successful um, building maintenance company, janitorial company, and he was getting ready to sell it. And he brought me in to uh, help fix all the marketing that was there, the systems and put in place and add value for the people that were buying it, which we did. And then after that, we, uh, him and I decided to open up our own little, our own little single shingle shop and help other business owners achieve the same success he's had. And so I brought all my marketing skills and knowledge that I've had and really just honed that in over the last seven to eight years that we've been doing this. It's been a long haul, but it's been a great one. We've helped some people get some awesome results. Daryl, man, that's uh, that's interesting. And what I mean, what's interesting about it is not just your background in marketing, but I really want to dive into how you helped your father put some systems in place to get a bigger acquisition number. One, your dad had a hell of a janitorial company and he's in kind of he's in the top echelon of janitorial owners. So you have unique insight into this industry. But talk to me about some of those things you did when he brought you in in the ninth inning, maybe the eighth inning, uh, to kind of help him get a higher valuation for his company. Well, the first thing that we had to do was actually build campaigns and identify that and get the strategy down for it. Um, and once that was done and well, of course, I mean, we could go deeper into all the foundational stuff that I like to start with, but we'll get to that later in the, in this podcast, but I actually getting some campaigns in place and then starting with the outreach and making sure that we had the supporting automations to do that and build in there, the technology with it was a big help in, um, showing that value to the people purchasing the company. Absolutely. No, it just makes sense. And I think for anyone listening, we always talk about the importance of adding technology to uh, building on top of what you're already doing and just how not only will that save you time in the moment, but in, as in your case, Daryl, it increased your guys' evaluation. 
you mentioned about the foundational pieces and we were talking before we hit record here about some of the foundational marketing pillars and strategies um, when it comes to you know, just building a business, really. What would some of those foundational pieces be? Well, a big thing that we do now, and I don't want to talk too much about myself, but we do help other building maintenance companies, uh, commercial uh, service providers, build marketing strategies and the messaging and then those supporting automations that go with it. And the foundational part that you always need to start with is understanding your customer. And that is understanding your proper, uh, who, who you're targeting, your buyer persona, your customer avatar, your ideal customer report, uh, profile, whatever that might be, persona. Uh, there's probably a million different ways to say it because everyone wants to have their own. But getting down to that and understanding it, who you are or who you, who you want to serve and how you're going to serve them is key. I, man, amen to that. We talk in, in the sales game all the time about finding, we call it an ICP, right? Your ideal client profile, um, your perfect prospect, whatever. If someone's listening to this right now, Daryl, and they're like, okay, I keep hearing that I need to find my, my ICP or my ideal prospect. How does one even start if they've never done that before, hone in on finding who that is? Well, a lot of business owners or even marketers, they'll start with, you know, they'll, they'll start with the, what do I want to sell? And then how do I want to go about saying this? And in my belief, they're kind of getting the cart before the horse and you're going at it all wrong. It's a little backwards. What they should start with is, like I said, who do they want to serve? And then what do those people want to hear? And then you need to connect the dots between your services and what they want to hear or, you know, where do they want to go? What is their ideal transformation? Um, I mean, the, the best sales, sales message that you could put out there is one that articulates the transformation from a less desirable before state to the desirable after state. So what are you going to provide that gets them to that desirable after state? I think that's so key, man. Uh, what you just said right there is how can we really transform that prospect through a journey um, yeah. from I mean, undesirable you know, to desirable. How do you create something like that? Well, you're in luck. We're going to do that in the workshop with people attending yeah. mastermind. But, uh, well, you know, like I said, the, the creating that transformation into messaging, uh, you know, that's really how people are going to experience the value that you have to provide. And the first step to doing that is actually building a customer avatar or buyer persona uh, framework, um, the actual I guess, piece of paper that you'd write it down and giving them a name and diving deep into their demographics and interests. Uh, you want to get to know the person. You really want to understand their fears and frustrations, their wants and aspirations, and then the key purchase drivers. And all those are kind of helping to humanize this, this fictional person that you're, that you're creating for your own company. And that person is the one ideal customer that you want to go after. When you get all those down, you then want to get to that transformation side and you want to start with the, well, we have, we have five key areas that we look at for a before and after grid. And basically we want to write, we want to write out what they have as where they are before they experience your service. And that's what they have, which is really about your features and benefits, a feel, which is the emotional side of it. Um, you'll have your average day which is kind of just them telling a story. And then you will have their status, which 
gives them a story to tell about how they changed from that before to after. Um, gives them that narrative for it. And then your good versus evil, which is really just kind of the um, altruistic, the, the, greater, the greater thing that they find, the benefit, the core benefit and purpose that they, go, that they, that they will have after having your, you as their service provider. Man, I love that. I really love, one, creating like the, the pretend avatar because really it's not pretend. It's actually who you're supposed to be serving. Um, and then creating this five-step process. Um, just, just quickly, I want to I make sure I heard this right and I, I'm sure I didn't hear it all. So kind of starting with how it is now before they work with you, the features and the benefits. Uh, can you just list out the other four steps there? Just like yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, well, so you'll have have, which really focuses on your features and benefits. Then you'll have your what they're feeling, their emotional state. So if they're angry that they're not getting what they were promised and they're from signing off on the scope of work and the contract, how are you going to make that different for them? What are they going to be feeling after that when they have you as a service provider? Their average day, are they, are they too busy chasing you down for or chasing down their current service provider to resolve problems and not focusing on their key responsibilities? And then after, now they're like, hey, I barely have to email these guys constantly and none, we don't have repeat complaints, that kind of stuff. I have more time for myself and to do the things that matter because they do have other things. They're, they're hiring you to take care of a job that, you go, that they do not want to do. Um, then you'll have their status. Uh, so generally how people are looking at them, how they view themselves, which is very important. And that really gets to, again, that narrative, how they'll, you know, giving them a story about a story of how they've changed for themselves. And, um, then your good versus evil, which is really focused on that core benefit and your, the purpose that, that you're providing with that they have from experiencing this transformation. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And then by putting these five steps in place, you really create that journey. And then if it's specific to your avatar, I'm assuming at that point, it really clicks. So many janitorial companies tend to really focus on the client onboard process. When we get a new client, what do we do? And they have like these checklists and this, it's this experience and you should be providing an experience. I guess I'm asking the audience at this point, I'm asking you guys, how often do we skip the experience with the other parts of our business? Which brings me to my next question, Daryl. And I love when we had our initial conversations way back when you talked about the importance of consistent messaging. I think this is so overlooked and because we hear, oh, consistent messaging. I'm consistent. I, I'm consistent with my customers, my employees, whatever. I think it's something that's subtly overlooked, especially in the janitorial realm. Because we know marketing's overlooked. When you say consistent messaging, what does that really mean? When we really dive in, how do we implement it, and how does that benefit a, a janitorial company? Well, it, to get to the consistent messaging, you really want to have what what I refer to as the core messaging canvas, which where we're taking the same that transformation that you are providing for somebody in the before and after state. And we're drilling those down into the jobs to be done. What are they? What are they looking for in each of those five areas in order to get there? So it's usually phrased in the um, in kind of a little framework that would be, uh, you know, when when there's this situation, I want this whatever might be the motivation for it, so that I can have that outcome. And all of this really helps you form the statement of value that will 
resonate with your customers. Um, it's, and, and you know, a lot of people, they'll say, well, I, I have a unique selling proposition or a, uh, a positioning statement differentiator. But again, really all those are doing is they're just focusing on the services. And you'll see that customers, they, they don't really care how, how you are different in that case. I mean, it's, it's like watching two people argue about something you don't care about. They're sitting there and they're going back. So if you're going head to head with your competitor, we've got this and we've got that. Well, this is what makes me better than them. And you're duking it out. The customer is still sitting there going, well, can someone just help me? And it leaves them going, you know, just kind of want to distance themselves from that whole thing because they don't really care about how you're better than your customer. They want to know how you can get them that desirable after state. So when you have that statement of value, they hear that and they'll think, wait, what is it that you sell? Yes, I, I want that. I need that transformation in my life. I need that desirable after state. So I'm not sure if that really answers your question into getting it consistent. But when you do work that into your, your uh, promotional advertisements, flyers, business cards, whatever that might be, across your emails, into your proposals, you want to make sure that it's everywhere so they continue to see it. Absolutely. No, I think... I think not only does it sound consistent, it's also intentional. And that's where a lot of companies in our industry miss the mark is small business owners, life's chaotic, we're running and gunning. It's hard to be intentional when you're putting out fires all day, which a lot of owner operators are. And yeah. when we're not intentional, we overlook the things that matter. Which brings me to my next point here, Daryl. Someone's listening to this, they're like, man, I know what they're saying is true. I know what they're saying is true. I'm, I need to see some semblance of a plan, of a strategy. I have this piece of paper right here, this blank piece of paper, this pen. I don't even know how to start a marketing strategy. I don't know how to create a plan for my janitorial company. Uh, any advice to that person sitting in those shoes right now? Oh, man, how long do we have? <laughs> as long as you need, man. Oh <laughs> uh, well, to start, I mean, he, you're really gonna you're gonna have about eight stages through what is a customer value journey, and you want to fill these out and create that and document this journey so you know where you want to take them on where you, how you're going to build awareness, how you're going to get them to engage with what you have to offer in terms of your marketing material and your messaging, and then you want, of course. Money is always in the list, right? You want to get them to subscribe. So you want to be offering them some type of valuable information or experience that's going to get them to sign up and give you their name. So they're basically giving you permission to contact them. We all know that. We see that all the time. That's gated content. And then we want to get to the first conversion stage because we're not quite to the sale yet. We're still building this value with them across this journey. So we've gone through three stages. We're to the fourth one which is where on the, first, on, the, on the fourth stage, the first conversion point is either going to be a small commitment of money or time. And generally, when you're looking in this service business, you don't want to be discounting your services just to get your foot in the door. Now, it depends on what kind of offer you are having or what kind of service you are, you are offering for them. There is plenty of use cases that we've done that. But generally, we go about with a type of consultation. And you'll see, get a free quote all across everybody's site with a little contact us forms. 
Well, a quote is just saying, I want to sell you something. What we want to provide here in this consultation is, is we want to demonstrate how that, how we can, again, be different from our competitors, but provide the value in that transformation that they want or need. Now, once that happens, we're going to move over to an excite stage. And from that first convert stage is where you're going to see, they're going to experience type of emotion that helps them say, yes, I want this service. Again, that, what do you sell? Yes, I need that. And then you'll have Ascension and you're going to go up your different services. You're going to cross sell them. Then you're going to have testimonials and which is basically going to build your social proof. And then your promotional area of it, which is basically how you create raving fans. So the whole goal with this customer value journey is how you're going to take a complete stranger and turn them into your biggest fan that promotes you to all their other peers, people, uh, biggest, biggest fan, basically. I love it. And I know that there's someone listening to right now uh, saying, okay, that sounds great. Uh, that's not true for commercial cleaning. And I, cause there's always these naysayers. It's always, Hey, we know this is true in business, but not commercial cleaning. They always, for whatever reason, commercial cleaning is this unicorn to them, right? That these right. things don't always work. Let me tell you guys something. One of the best commercial cleaning companies um, that I've ever seen, we actually didn't work with, but we were in long talks with them. I think they're a 12, $13 million company. They had two leading factors when it came to their customer journey that Daryl just spoke about. Everyone says, what, what's a lead magnet? Why would anyone want to opt in and give me something as a commercial cleaning company? These guys had a property management or property manager checklist on what to do before hiring any type of maintenance vendor, not just cleaning, maintenance vendor. And then they had the same thing for facility directors. So every time they were talking to a property manager or a facility director, they sent this checklist out and it, it was just an easy, oh, this is valuable information. You know what? I am going to download this, this white paper, whatever it was, this checklist. And as soon as that got downloaded, guess what? They knew right away that they could start feeding them relevant information, which places journey. And that's where their social proof kicked in. And their social proof solidified the value and the work they did, knowing that when they needed a cleaner, maybe four months down the road, maybe four years down the road, they knew that this company was credible because the value they delivered. Yep. And people, people listening to this might say, oh, that sounds great, but again, doesn't work for us. You need to start evolving into this because we're now in a value add first sales society. Yep. I really believe that. So people that talk about this industry, Daryl, oh, it's all price driven. It's all, it's, all, uh, it's all franchise versus independent owner driven. Whatever the case may be, what would your what would your advice be to them trying to increase their positioning when it comes to value before they ever get the sale? Well, first, eliminate that mindset. I mean, you've you've got to get past that, or you're just going to commoditize yourself down into a hole. Um, and I, you know, we've gone we've we've done a lot of research. We've consulted with some with a lot of bigger companies and mid-sized ones, along with smaller ones. So I guess the full range. Um, but when we're doing the big ones, I see this, I, I see this all the time, you know, with the big players with, with ABM, with office pride, with those kind of guys that are out there and they are offering lead magnets. They're offering content for people to consume and even, even ungated content because they want to help influence that buying decision. And that's exactly what this lead magnet does when you're providing that value for them. 
you're already getting, you're getting your foot in the door by saying, here's this first before I ask for your business. I want to give you something. And we always get the, well, what's, how do I make a lead magnet? You know, a lot of things are checklists, which there's nothing wrong with, but there, there's a ton of them out there. My recommendation would be to go to some of your customers, or even if you have case studies, and to look at those case studies and to see how you improved, what, what you improved and how you did it, because you're already going to have that outlined. You may not be saying, well, you're saying what you did, not how you did it. Let me put it that way. Now you're going to identify the how from that case study, and you're going to put that into a lead magnet, a short PDF for them to download. And it always gets back to the saying, you know, what's in it for them or what's in it for me from their perspective. And that is, if you can help them give a little bit of insight into doing, making their job easier, then they're already in their mind um, pre-positioned to like and know you. Love it, man. I think that just makes so much sense. It just, it just clicks when you say that. You guys say something at the Profit Growth Initiative um, that I really like, and I want you to kind of break this down for people more. Uh, it's a clever little saying. I've actually never heard it like this before, but become top of mind and first in line. I think I know what you're trying to say, but tell me what you mean when when, when you guys say that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of the, uh, thank you. That's, yeah. you know, I'm flattered. Um, that actually has to get into a bit of a strategy that I, that Mark and I came up with last year after doing numerous consulting sessions with other companies and it really addresses this longer buying cycle because you can't just expect somebody to sign a large contract right away. And Mark will call it the, um, the moving parade, but I like the top of mind first in line because what you're going to do basically is when you get them to subscribe to that lead magnet or you've had your interaction, you've got them on their list, they, they know who you are, and they say, hey, you know, I'm not going to bid right now, not interested whatever that might be, you're going to provide them with content that you create or you hire somebody else to create for you that you can then drip to them through an email series and automation and provide it. And I'm not talking about emailing them every four days or anything like that. You, you want to be a welcome guest, not an annoying pest. And help them see that you continue to do things differently. That, hey, we've got this blog piece we've just written. You can engage with them by asking questions, um, offering surveys of sorts, um, and then just working that through so that maybe once a month, once or twice a month, they're hearing from you and seeing you and going, hey, you know what, if it's something they like, they click on it. And the nice thing with automations is on the back end of this, in the marketing automation, you can see what they're engaging with, and you can use that to um, influence your next piece that you're going to offer to them. Okay, they like this. They're engaging with that. So now it's offering this other piece that's similar. So we're kind of getting a track on their behavior. And then that also will help lead to a better um, sales conversation when you get there because you know what resonates with them. What are they interested in? Love it. No, I absolutely love that, man. Talk to me about, I have a few last questions for you here, but I, I think it'd be idiotic for us not to cover what, uh, what data points should we be looking at? Like I, I heard an old marketing mentor tell me years ago, you can't manage what you can't measure when it comes to marketing. Love that saying. What should we be measuring? Well, in terms of like email campaigns or are we talking advertisements? What are, what are we? Just, just give me some general things. Like, so 
we know we, what do we know to be true? We know that janitorial companies invest in email marketing. We know that they invest in digital marketing, aka typically Google ads or yeah. some so, sort of Facebook ads. So I guess just give me kind of some email things we should be looking at if you if you're doing email outreach and then if you're investing in digital advertising, whatever platform. What, what should what are some things we should be looking at or should we just be looking at general website traffic what's that lead flow look like just kind of give me some general rules of thumb, thumb well, I think it's James I think that's a little subjective to whatever you're wanting to focus on I mean if it is your paid traffic your your um, your paper word whatever that my paper paper click um, you know you are going to look at your cost per click uh, your conversion rate and try and analyze what's going wrong there. If it's your email, you obviously open rates and click through rates again. Uh, but most most importantly, I think I think where a lot of people get lost is that they don't look at it from two different standpoints. Is that they just want to say, "Hey, I got a click, and did I get a sale or not?" And that's important. But you need to understand the difference between marketing qualified leads, where they're engaging with what you have to offer, versus the sales qualified leads. And that's actually we've got a piece out. Um, on our blog that I just released where we're kind of covering that because a lot of commercial service companies or service providers in general will hire a, a an agency to do their AdWords or whatever that might be or their email marketing. But nobody is, you know, they kind of get on the different, they're, they're not seeing eye to eye. They're not starting with what is important with you. What is the goals? Well, I want more sales. Of course you do. But in order to get more sales, we need to understand going through that customer value journey. What are those? What are those points that we're looking at? Are we looking at like let's say I'm running I am running um, an email campaign with certain content. Like I said, if we're if we're looking at the behavior that they're doing, we want to watch who's clicking through the time on the page. If you have that in your analytics, you always should, and then what they're clicking to next. Love it. So it's really subjective to what the goals are and how you're going to um, clear that up with whoever's doing the marketing. And that's a key point in what we provide with our uh, marketing growth triad where we have that documented process we were talking about in the beginning with getting the foundational frameworks of your buyer persona, core messaging canvas, you know, your customer value journey, you know, making sure you have a sales process that aligns with your marketing so they aren't saying the two things. Um, and then getting down to your tools and tactics, which that is your email, that is your your blog contact, your SEO, your um, your, your pay per click, whatever that might be. It just sounds like you're really emphasizing the importance of of one having that strategy, two being integrated with your approach, and then three more than anything, making it about the customer or the prospect, really creating a journey that speaks to them. And I think that's I think that's overlooked, man. Um, I have two two last questions for you here. One's one's a professional one. We'll stick with that. One's going to be a fun one that we save towards the end. Last uh, last professional question, at least. Someone listening to this, one piece of advice for them. Let's say they let's say they do a little bit of marketing. It's semi effective, whatever. What's one thing that you would recommend to that janitorial owner today to start implementing, or or maybe that they could do? that might just take them to that next level um, when it comes to enhancing their marketing? Well, that is, again, when you, when you get back to looking at your metrics, your actionable metrics, like we were just talking about, 
you need to find what is working and then identify how you can improve upon it. Um, you know, we don't want to be the, uh, a one hit wonder. Whereas, okay, we got this out there and it performed well. And now how did that happen? Well, we can resolve this by documenting the journey that they went on to get there and then making that a repeatable process hmm. so that it's more predictable um, and more consistent than just that one time hit it out of the park and hope that it happens again. Love it. I love it, man. Really well said. To, to be a one-hit wonder, man. I've seen that happen. I've been I've been a piece of that, honestly, man. Oh, yeah, me too. Janitorial space. Well, I went viral. Go for it. Go ahead. You went viral on what? I went viral on Reddit back in the day, man. And oh, no. uh, I hit the front page of Reddit, and it was like the fucking best influx of leads I've ever had, right? And I thought I made it, and then boom. Like a week later, the lead flow died, and I was that one-hit wonder. And it's like, how do you recreate that? So I, I, I relate to that, man. And you'll see the one-hits. The one-hit wonders really happen at the intersection of having those tools and tactics, identifying your channels, like in your case, Reddit. And then you had your key metrics, and it's right in there. If you're looking at a Venn diagram with three circles on it, where you have your documented processes, you have your actionable metrics, and you have your tactics and tools, Right in there on that little cross, you'll see that one hit wonder. Now, if you're if you are doing if if you're if you have a documented process and you have your tools and tactics, then you're looking at being a bull in a china shop because you don't know what's really working and what isn't because you're missing your actionable metrics. So that's why really really why they are just the uh, that's why we have the triad itself, and those are all important foundational pieces to understand and have in every aspect of your marketing. Totally, man. Totally. Man, your your marketing expertise is going to blow people away come November 1st through the 3rd. I'm looking for my question box here right now. Here they are. Um, all right, man, I got two boxes here. I held these up once and people were like, are they, is that a pack of cigarettes? I'm like, no, what is this, 1994? Um, <laughs> so I got a black box and a white box. Random questions. I don't know what's inside of them. What box would you like to pick from, man, and, and answer the question? Ooh. Well, you know, at the roulette table, the first first move when you go into casinos is go to the roulette table and put 20 down on black. So let's do it. Oh, I love it, man. 90% of the people on the show pick black, man. Oh, so, man. So, yeah. <laughs> well, must work then. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Most overrated virtue? Man, that's tough. Um, man, the virtue... Honestly, this this is going to come off wrong because I'm a nice guy, but it is it's being polite or too nice to everyone because some people need that honesty, you know, like they need to know, like some some people don't get constructive feedback because the other person's like that looks great. Oh, okay, yeah, totally, man. So maybe politeness isn't the right way to put it because everyone should always be polite. You know, open doors for ladies, tip your hats. Yeah, yeah. Treat uh, do unto others as you should as you want them to do unto you, but uh, definitely getting giving uh, constructive feedback is probably one of the most important things that you could ever have in your life. Man, and well said. Yeah, well said. Hard to do, man, but totally agree with that. Hey, uh, Daryl, where can people find you, man? And we'll link everything in the show notes. But just where can people find you? 
Oh, uh, let's see. I'm on LinkedIn, and that's just my name, Daryl Anderson, D-A-R-R-E-L-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. It's lucky enough to get that. I don't know how. Um, and then always at uh, tpginow.com, so tpginow.com. Cool, man. Daryl, so excited to meet you here in November at Cleaning Profits, and really appreciate it, man. You and your dad are quite the duo, and look forward to seeing what you de- what you deliver value-wise here in a few months. Yeah, man, we're going to go through that, that buyer persona, customer avatar. We've got a lot of questions for these people to answer. We're going to help them answer it with some of the research that we've done ourselves over the years, and then we're going to help turn that, we're going to help them turn that into their core messaging. So they can get that statement of value and they can help um, get out to their ID 